0: Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports and entertainment and media. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito, flying solo this week. My partner, Tom Richardson, is off doing other things that pay the bills. Uh, and we're going to talk about a topic today that we haven't really covered, which is, I don't want to call it Special Olympics but or disabled sports, but we're going to cover an area um, that doesn't get a lot of coverage, but in the last few weeks I found out a lot about, and that's, um,
1: I guess, was it called sled hockey at one point, Jen? Well, there's sled hockey, which mm-hmm. is a sled-based hockey, no. but adaptive sports, so okay. um, there's five different ways to do adaptive hockey in the United States. Okay,
0: so, so we're going to get to that, right. uh, and our guest today is Jen O'Brien, the Executive <laughs> Director of the American Special Hockey Association, which I wrote down because I would not remember to say it. Um, and there's a really interesting business story tied to this, which we're going to get tied to the Emirates, really, mm-hmm. um, and women's hockey, which I kind of got involved with when um, the Washington Capitals actually did an event with a couple of years ago. But this has all come together in the middle of February on kind of a quiet weekend in places like Washington, New York, and Boston to marry these two really unique groups around the sport of hockey that are miles from the NHL but are probably as good a story as you can find. So, Jen O'Brien, welcome to The Customer Show. Thanks for having me. Good. So, let, let's kind of get to your background. How did you become the executive director? What does an executive director do? Um, and along the lines of that story, we touched on it before we came on, uh, you actually started kind of in the mixed martial arts world, being involved in sports. So kind of walk us through how a housewife from Binghamton gets to be an executive director.
1: <laughs> so how does a housewife become an executive director? Well, you fall into places and you fall into opportunities. First, so for me, as I ran a, um, a not-for-profit in the Binghamton area. Um, called what was, Life. That? was that called? Life is Washable. Okay. Um, otherwise known as the Magic Paintbrush Project. So we're going to talk a lot about entrepreneurship. I yes, lots and lots, right. lots and lots of that. Lots and lots of that. So my background really is I, I ran this not-for-profit. I did um, regional economic development grants as well. I got involved in my community. I, I just kind of, one thing leads to another. And I always say you build a foundation, and each little brick is a new little mm-hmm. thing you learned. And uh, through Life is Washable, we started working with the HL of the Ottawa Senators, which was the Binghamton Senators at the time. So the means The um, American Hockey League, which okay. is AHL. the minors for, yep. for the NHL. Just for clearing it up for everyone. No okay. worries. And so I did a lot um, with the HL team and started to work more and more with players, with their community relations, and do a couple other things. And we realized that the individuals that were involved with our program who had intellectual and developmental disabilities had a lot of similarities with athletes. Athletes use sports as a way to kind of adapt through some of the things that they are coping with, whether that be ADHD, depression. Um, all kind of, and, and they kind of work through. They use the sports as a way to do it, and um, they all have very, very special needs in their own way. Um, so we ended up realizing there were a lot of similarities between the two, and we got them together quite a bit. And we called that "Painting with the Players" was our name. And one thing leads to another, and then one day uh, we decided to start a special hockey team. And I picked up the phone and I called uh, Matt Carkner, who is now the coach at the uh, AHL Binghamton um, in the Bridgeport Sound Tigers.
0: Mm-hmm. And I said, "Which What's
1: the Islanders? One? The Islanders, right. Framingham, yeah." And I said, "Matt." You know how do we do this? And Matt said, "Give me five minutes." Three minutes later, my phone call, my phone rang, and it was a man named Mike Hickey, who's the founder of the American Special Hockey Association. And he basically said, "Here's your insurance. We have your equipment. This is how you do it.
0: Go." Hmm. And but why hockey? It was just your love of hockey.
1: I am a, I am a hockey fan. I mean, by phone, easily <laughs> done. I mean, you know, I love the Red Sox and I love hockey, all hockey, and. Um, but hockey is different when it's always unified. There's a, especially with special hockey you always have typical peers coaches, you know, people on the ice always helping um whether that be cheering them on or helping them right to the goal or but there's always somebody there so it's fully unified. And for individuals in my world whether they be verbal or nonverbal, it seems to catch them quicker.
0: So hockey as opposed to basketball or track or anything else you seem like it it connects quicker than than most other sports
1: very differently but absolutely Um, and I it could be the sensory environment it's the balance it's it's all the things that go on from the equipment to you know the parents aren't there being able to like micromanage everything they do we often say we have to simply distract somebody long enough to realize Mm -hmm. that they they often think they can't we distract them so they can
0: So, so you get to this point, um, you get this phone call, right. which is obviously happening. How, so how long ago was this? By?
1: That was about four and a half
0: years ago. So we're in 2019, so that's 2015. Yeah. As the obligatory fire engine is about to pass by itself. That's part of being on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. But we, we <laughs> talked through it anyway. It's good. Um, So, good. So you get this call, and it seems like you, you're going literally from a standstill to 80 miles an hour yes. in the course of five minutes. Yes, So so what was that like? And tell us, by the way, let's take a step back. Tell us about the kids, because people may not understand who the kids are involved in the program.
1: Um... I wish everybody could. I I see names and faces, so it's hard to describe them. But they go. They start at age five. They can. There's no age limit on it. Um, Every individual in our program has to have some kind of intellectual or developmental disability. That's determined by their schools, the agencies they work with. You know, some kind Mm -hmm. of provider. We don't arbitrarily make that decision. They make those decisions. What happens is if they cannot play on any other league that's pretty much how they come to us and, mm-hmm. and they have to have something that prevents them from playing as anywhere else and then we have different levels so they can mm-hmm. play in the level that best suits their need. Mm-hmm. so everybody comes and learn to skate so going back to where we started i had 15 kids none of us knew what we were doing and nobody knew how to skate and that's when you got the phone call saying this is what you do." yeah wow did you skate I have figure skates. Okay. I'm still in figure skates, but that's a whole nother
0: story. Okay, so you get these 15 kids four right. years ago, and then what happens at that
1: point? We all stood on the ice, and we figured out what to do, and when we got done, we all looked at each other and went, how did we do that? Wow. So what was the first, do you remember
0: the first day? What What was that like when you it brought this kids oh, the house? It was the most marvelous
1: thing that's ever happened. I, it, it, I, I hate to be corny and say mm-hmm. it was cool, but it was super cool. Um, there was a little boy named Vincent, and, and Vincent is nonverbal. And he was super scared and he cried and he wasn't sure what to do. And he like gripped on to everybody, but he didn't give up. Mm. And I kept looking at him and going, do you want to get off? And he would cry, but he would grip on and he didn't push me forward. And all he was telling me, he's nonverbal, right? Mm. But he was clearly communicating with me what he wanted to do. And, you know, he now skates on his own. Wow. Um, he doesn't like to be too far from his mentor, and his mentor has been with him she, every step of the way. She's always with him, um, and they have a great relationship now, so it's, it's good to see their friendship grow. Um, what was really cool about it is, is seeing him push us. Where We, we normally like, oh, let's do it for you, right? Not in hockey. Not in hockey. In hockey, we allow them to do it at the pace that they want to do it, and they encourage us, the coaches around them, to help them grow. We don't do it for them. They help. They show us, and they're given the ability to do it. And empowerment's a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. So I often tell people, I don't, you know, I don't work for the sponsors. I don't work for the big name. I work for Vincent, and I know who I serve, and that keeps me tethered. And every Friday at three forty-five, I know where I am. I'm Vincent.
0: Wow. And uh, so you got the fifteen kids. Vincent being one mm-hmm. of the kids. They make it around. You, you, they learn how to skate. How does it progress from there to where you are? And we can talk about, like I said, the MMA background at some point as well. But (laughs) but how does it progress to the point uh, where you become the executive director of this organization
1: over the course of four years? So a couple, we just kind of went through the motions with, you know, starting a new team, understanding how the different teams connected, understanding what the network was. And, you know, you kind of feel like you're most new teams start like they're in a bubble, you know, and then they try to figure out where they fit in. The first thing is everybody kind of feels like they can't play anybody else. It's the same like Every one of our kids would look at us like we're crazy. We're telling them they can play, and we're thinking, well, we can't play anybody else. So I got more involved with learning about the other teams. And Mike would call me up from time to time because my background is really in not-for-profit governance. I understand contracts. I understand you know, how um, state things work. I understand the federal law thing. I mean – and it's all like again those little bricks, the foundation mm-hmm. that I built over time. Why I know these things, I do right. always. Know. I just believe me, I get it. So okay. So uh, at one point, uh, Mike called me up and uh, said, you know, he was looking. He has, he's a founder. I'm. A,
0: Where is he based?
1: He was in Maryland. Okay. Um, still is in Maryland, and I was a founder of our program, um, and he was a founder of his and founder syndrome is a real thing for -for not-for-profits it's a real thing for businesses I mean succession planning whether you're for profit or not for profit is is really important and we started to talk about succession planning and I was talking in terms of what I was doing and he realized he was talking about what he was doing and he said well you know would, would you like to be the executive director and it took me six weeks to wow. decide I was back it's a lot longer
0: than the 30 the 3 minutes of a phone call
1: yeah no no, it was, yeah. A, it was a long process for me to think through and because it meant that I knew eventually it would mean that I would have to give up what I was doing what mm-hmm. I had given everything else with magic paintbrush and all that and, and it was a major, major transition and what made me do it was my daughter who happens to be Vincent's mentor I should tell you that wow and how old um, is your daughter she's 16 now okay and, and what's her name her name is Maggie okay and uh does Maggie like hockey? Maggie loves hockey, okay. and Maggie is my sidekick. I think more people in the league now know her than me. Mm-hmm. Um, they come and ask her questions of things because she thinks like me. But uh, So Maggie looked at me, and she goes, Mom, I want you to do it. And so my husband's job, obviously, he travels with all over the state um, as a deputy commissioner.
0: And your husband is what? So that we're, <laughs> we'll transition into the MMA world at some point, but tell us what your husband
1: does. Uh, my husband is the uh, deputy commissioner for combat sports uh, for the state of New York, and he works with... Uh, all kinds of folks um, with that, uh, and he's had a long-standing relationship with the the people in the administration, kind of, of the UFC. And mm-hmm. it's a very logical, rule-oriented guy. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's fun to watch him. He's been a boxing fan his whole life. Um, you know, we taught our kids how to score a boxing match probably before we taught them anything else. It's kind of a
0: that's a good that's a good quality <laughs> to have. So when you look at resumes and someone's like when your daughter applies to college, knows how to score a boxing oh, match yeah. It'd be right below like knowing how to code. That's yeah, right, it's kind of similar.
1: So. And, and understands the three judge system and how you right. do that. So, but. Uh, so you know, my husband was traveling a lot, and my daughter looked at me and said, "Let's do it." And it was let's. And it was a family decision. Um, my older daughter um, goes to college. Um, Where she, does she go to school? She's at St. Bonaventure. Okay, the Bonnies. Yeah, she's a Bonnie, and uh, I like Syracuse, so we often have discussions. Okay, um, we're, For for someone's not very sporty, you'd be surprised how much we talk about sports in our family. But uh, so, anyways, six weeks later, I, I called Mike and I said, "Okay," and then I made him. He's a founder, and I said, Look, you have to go to the board, and we have to do a vetting process. Let them call me. Let them, let's do an interview. Let's figure out if this is a fit. Because if I'm going to make a major life change and you're going to make a major life change, we have to see if this is a fit. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm very grateful to him for all that he did to start American Special Hockey and in the politics of it all. in hockey is, is kind of interesting when it comes to that. I don't need to go there in this one, but we yeah. are all on the same page. We all love the sport. But uh, Mike really did a great job getting the, this association started. So I had 50 teams and um, about $1,000 in the bank when I took over.
0: And, and where is it now?
1: uh we're about i paid my bills this year that's my my goal is thirty thousand dollars every year to pay the bills right there's everything else is volunteer how many teams we now have 82 clubs 174 teams depending on how many states i think i'm up to 44 wow so So, and when it started
0: how many were there do you know Obviously, Probably Northern about 36, you okay. know, it
1: depends on so how So it's
0: great, works. it is absolutely growing.
1: It is absolutely growing, okay. um, and, and it's word of mouth. Um, there's a couple of different organizations in the U.S. that do things. Um, you know, USA Hockey is a great special hockey division. Um, Minnesota Special Hockey is outstanding. Mm-hmm. I, I really like to look at what they do. They do a great job. Um, as long as teams are playing one another, and as long as the um, opportunities are there, that's mm-hmm. all that matters, you know, and American Special Hockey had to kind of redefine itself over the last couple of years. So if you think about the entrepreneurship and the business, you have to take, you know, where is the business of all right. this? If you're constantly competing for the same thing, then maybe you should take a look at what you're doing. And what I realized, and, and I did this for the help of our board, a tremendous board, and our board said, you know, what is it that we do? And I said, well, we're like a chamber of commerce. Mm-hmm. We're there to help sustain and support these small little not-for-profits who are just trying to serve. And when they're on the ice just trying to serve, what do they know about the change in Medicaid law? Or what do they know about the change in this law? And what do they know about when you're playing one state versus another so you have to understand federal statutes? Well, that's my job. Mm -hmm. And I can serve 82, not thousands.
0: (laughs) So um, before we talk about the business and the fundraising and the sponsorship and all those pieces, uh, how big is your board and how were they kind of assembled?
1: And what was their reaction when they heard you were going to take over? So we have 12 um, members of our board, and we have an executive committee as well. And so the executive committee that's active is about six members. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody else kind of the regional folks, but everybody comes together once a month, and we try to communicate as much as possible. During hockey season, we are all everywhere all the time. Um, but uh, the board president is a man named Brian Damiani and Brian it comes from logistics and trucking. So mm-hmm. let me tell you, the man knows every detail about every little thing. He can track anything um, and where it's going and where it's coming from. And uh, John Schwartz is uh, our senior vice president. Yep. And our mutual friend. Yes. So. John John is uh, was with NASCAR now he's with the NFL. Yep.
0: Number two really kind of PR guy at the NFL right
1: now. He is. He he's he a is. busy man
0: during Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and to, to believe that he would actually spend the time to call me you know communicate with me during this time so John has been he's been a great mentor Mm-hmm. To me, has definitely made me much more stronger with a lot of my skills where I was second guessing myself all the time. You'd be like, no, you got this. And mm-hmm. I think I needed to hear that. And um, our secretary is a woman um, named Melissa Schaub, who's very, her daughter is quite famous. Her daughter is the, inf- well, the famous girl who took Ovi out for the sushi date.
0: Wow. In Washington. In Washington. Wow. So, and. So, she, and so this is Alex Ovechkin. Uh, it, it came across through social media, right? I mean, yeah. that's how it eventually came across. Yeah. So,
1: and to ask Alex, Kind of nonchalantly, if you want to go on a sushi date, and he said yes, and they definitely have a bond. It's a lot of fun to watch That's them. Um, one of the things I like about Melissa is she's probably the first person I've ever met with no agenda. She just wants to do the right thing. Mm-hmm and um so she really and our treasurer is jason costa who's a dartmouth grad and very proud to be a dartmouth grad when it comes Mm -hmm. to hockey um because i live near cornell so i get grief for that a lot Mm -hmm. and um but we have a solid base and 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 one that has not only institutional history which is very important but has a vision for where we can go Mm -hmm. so when you have a good combination balance between the two then we have a solid business to bring forward and to really you know achieve our mission and that's what we're working for um, so tell us a little bit about the business side. Um, where do sponsors
0: come from? What's the budget? Most people. How many people are not volunteers? Like how many people actually draw a salary? Everyone's a volunteer. Wow, including me. There you go. <laughs> um, and, then, and then where does the money? So the money comes from donations, sponsors. How does that work?
1: So you have to kind of think about the layers of this. Um, because we are an association, we want any. Any sponsorships that can come in for direct programming, we will actually pass through directly to whatever they're wishing it to go. A lot of times, it will do the grants administration just to make sure the money's going exactly the way the sponsor or the donor wants it to go. But all the money passes straight through. Um, We don't really go for a lot of national sponsorships because we would be competing with either the NHL, Mm -hmm. the AHL, any of the professional teams, or if it's a regional, we want them to give... To the regional group so mm-hmm. this this brings us to why this what's coming up is right. this is the first time that we've had a truly non-conflicting um national sponsor who said we want to help you uh, ucp which is an insurance company sponsors some very specific things for the organization over the last few years and they've been amazing they were great for helping um actually get going and get started but at, at some point we realized that What they needed from us was more than I could promise as an organization. And and we we, uh, signed lots of fun and thank you so much. But we couldn't give to them what they needed from us. And so we've been kind of figuring out where where do you go for a national sponsor? And Mm -hmm. um, luckily for us, Monumental, which is the Washington capitals, Mm -hmm. uh, picked up the phone and called us and said, look, this UAE group is coming, the United Arab Emirates. Um, They have a women's hockey team. They have the Special Olympics 50th anniversary coming. They're coming back to give back. We really would like to, you know, get you guys matched up. And luckily, we have a relationship with them. So we were told, do the best clinic you can, and they're going to want to give you a donation of equipment.
0: To, which is what I was going to ask you. Um, before we get to that, I just want to touch on that equipment. So do you get equipment from equipment makers, skate manufacturers, or do you have to go and buy everything?
1: We had to go buy everything. We actually tried. Um, I mean, I only had a small order that was trying to get through Bauer. And it turned out that they couldn't sell to us direct um, because mm-hmm. a lot of them have, you know, whatever, wholesale accounts. Um, what we decided to do in the end was Hockey Monkey and Hockey Sports, and specifically the Hockey Sports Superstore in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Wow. And the reason why is that they employ members of our Woodbridge Warriors special hockey team. And so when it came down to who we were going to order from or how we were going to do it, I said, Well, who already supports us? You know, who is already doing something to support our players? And we wanted to say thanks for employing individuals with developmental disabilities. And so I called them up and I said, I've got this order and you're going to think I'm crazy. Um, and it was, it, it was the single largest order I think they've ever gotten through the store. Um, for us, you know, the amount of equipment that's going out is going, it's not just the three places we're going, this is going out to dozens of teams and it's going to impact over a thousand players.
0: So how much equipment was it?
1: Um, enough. Um, they don't really. The, the dollar figure. You have to think about the UAE. They're they're very big on what they're doing as far as what right. it's impacting. So I, I'm going to respect their their wishes. Is saying. it 100
0: pairs of skates? 300 pairs of skates? Um, many.
1: Over 250 sets of full protective gear and wow. equipment. that's and, a lot. And and it, and, it, and, it, and it's getting and, and sticks and flags and everything. We we didn't do skates. We did everything but skates. And we did that because skates need a skate specific fit. But Hockey Monkey has given some money back to us um, just as a thank you. And we have that in a card um, that we can do specialty skates for. So a lot of times, hand down skates work out really well. Um, but we've had a couple people in the last two weeks that have like huge feet or very specialty orthotic skates. We've been able to work them out and have no cost, But They normally would put them out quite a bit. We were able to wow. help them.
0: Um, and one thing that I, I wanted to bring up at the beginning is, when you talk about the kids playing hockey, are they actually playing a game? And what is it, if someone walked over, what, what would they see?
1: Oh, that's a great one to look back to. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you'll see at a, at a basic level you're going to see something that looks like a hockey practice with what we call a C level game. And a C level game is, is a learn to skate. Everybody's out there trying to help everybody and make sure that somebody else is scoring. We just had a tournament where the Cambridge Ice Hounds, which is from Cambridge, Ontario, um, the goalie looked at us and said, Who didn't? I mean, this is an individual with d- intellectual disabilities. Who hasn't scored yet? And he made sure that every single one of those kids scored. And I, I like to talk about that game. It's probably the best game I've ever seen because everyone was cheering. And it was just so heartwarming. So when you come in the first time, if you see that, you're going to see like what you think is a hockey practice. And then a B-level game is kind of mid-level, which is more like a scrimmage. And so the kids are getting used to the game. They're upright. They're figuring it out. You know, on a C-level, anybody can be from a gate trainer. They can be in chairs. Nobody is in sled. Mm -hmm. because you have to think of slap shots and everything else we need people up Um, our goal in special hockey is to get everybody upright as much as possible Um, we do allow in our league uh, adapted devices to make sure because transferring somebody from a wheelchair down to a sled and back up is almost and there's there's some safety issues with that so sometimes a chair would work much better but we don't necessarily put electric chairs out there that's not Mm -hmm. but we have gate trainers and we have therapists and everything else who work with that Anyways, B-level games, people are more upright, but maybe their skating skills aren't as great, their, you know, their sticks are kind of up, sometimes they're down, but they're getting more of the hang of it. A-games. So I often say that if we're going to fight so hard to make sure those C-kids can learn to skate, if you've worked so hard for years and you're finally up to an A-level, why are we going to dumb you down? Mm. So we've just started a new thing called the A-Friendly Games because not every team has a full line of A-players. So we bring all the A-players together a couple times a year. We mix them up, make up a couple new teams, and we do a tournament-style uh, weekend. And um, we had our first one this past September, and I had my daughter with me, and Brian's son was with us. And, and the four of us were in doing all the you know stuff in the box. And I looked at Brian, and I was like, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm you know and the comments were great I, one of the gentlemen has autism and he's getting really feisty and he got into one of the coaches faces a little bit and he says you need to be more inspirational like herb brooks <laughs> and, and it was just so perfect and so dim- but no matter what level a you're a different in, kind of miracle on ice absolutely yeah. and no but no matter what level you're in it's the most honest game where everybody is a fan everybody is a friend And everybody's cheering on. There's nothing, nothing more than just the love of a sport and the joy of being able to play. And that's what ties it all together is Mm -hmm. being able to play, being included and and, and have it adapted in a way that you can participate. And you can grow at your own level and, and you can be a teammate to others. I mean, so when we first talked and jumping back to the UAE, when they first called me and said, you wouldn't think that a group of women in the Middle East, in the middle of the desert would be playing hockey. You wouldn't believe it's possible. And that's exactly what he said. And I said, well, sir, if you have special needs and nobody believes you can play, you might as well be sitting on the bench looking at dry ice. We have a lot in common. Mm. We just believe we can do it. So why not? And that is a common thing you see amongst all of our teams, every single coach. It doesn't matter if they've met each other or not. They're always looking at each other going, I get it. Because we all believe. These kids know they can do it. So let's go do it. We love it. The parents are there, but they're on the other side of the ice, at the wall, and -hmm. and the kids are able to, they coach each other, they cheer each other on, and you find it organically happening. And I don't know if that happens so much in other sports, because ice kind of, there's a brotherhood in in hockey, or sisterhood, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a camaraderie on that team, and that really doesn't matter at what level, and it doesn't matter what language, it doesn't matter what ability, it happens. Mm And we're just there to make it happen.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's talk now about the women um, who you've met now in Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, Who are they? How did this all come about? You talked a little bit about Monumental. Mm -hmm. And then... What has the experience been like? What are some of the things that you have learned from them that you were really surprised about? Tell us about the women first.
1: I'm going to bounce to two women, though, first thing. So my first experience with women in hockey was actually last February. I think it's last February, maybe March, is when the women's team came right after the Olympics to Monumental. They came to the um, MedStar Complex to do a clinic with girls right before the game, um, the outdoor game. And or the stadium game and a mentor that i had on my team um was on our high school team she was only allowed to play the last two minutes of her game and that was all she was ever included in her high school hockey game because she was a co-ed team Hmm. and she was so depressed because it was her last game and she wasn't really included and so i called monumental and i said hey can we include her and we spent three and a half hours with these women and we, I and mean, we, one of these, we bounced the, it was amazing. experience. But what was great is that I really connected with how the women had really understood how hockey could make a difference.
0: These are the women, the women,
1: the gold team. Right. And I had a chance to meet Regan Carey, who was the manager who, if I could fan girl, I probably would over her. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I had my first experience with women in hockey was with this extraordinary event right after the women's gold team. And every it was so good. And so when because that experience went so well for us I think that probably gave Monumental a taste of that yeah we could we could handle an event of like this so um, and we've been doing a lot with Monumental we've been so instrumental in everything that we've done so the UAE called and, and here we go and
0: so did they call they called Monumental or did someone did you eventually get a call from someone in the Emirates saying we want to do this
1: I got a call from the um, Donna who was with the embassy mm-hmm. um, and, and she's the minister of the cultural affairs I mean she's mm-hmm. a tremendous woman and she they called and uh, there's a couple people on the call and they said you know we really like to work mm-hmm. with you they had a vision for what they wanted which was they were coming back to give back um, they wanted to work with us on a donation and I said well I, I won't lie I said well what should I ask for and they said well, go online and find. Give us a list, and I said, "Well, this, we this, like a couple things, a lot." Of things. And I said, "Well," she goes, "Just put everything on there. We'll choose what we want." Well, I put everything on there, and they chose what they wanted, and, and, and then which was, was everything, which was everything. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can you
0: believe that this is actually going on? I am. Um, no. Did you make any kind of outrageous requests? Like, I'd like a silver, a gold-plated telephone to be. I asked
1: for three or? gate trainers, uh-huh. and 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 I asked for them for Bakersfield, California. I asked for them for Las Vegas, and I asked for one that needed to travel to, to a couple of different events. But mainly, it's going to end up in Florida. Um, and gate trainers are very hard to get. And um, explain what they are. They okay, so they're called K trainers or gate trainers. And if you could imagine, like a, it's like a rolling kind of brace thing that that is a swing in the middle and it kind of holds somebody up by their waist so they can stand up and be fully supported without sitting until they get their what we call their legs under them and um that was kind of a that was the add-in for me i was really thinking about the fact that i had these two teams that really needed them and how was, much do they cost roughly they're over $2,500 each. I'll okay. say that one. So they're a little bit out of reach for our smaller mm-hmm. teams. And um, I was prepared to raise the money for them no matter what. Um, and that's the only place I'll give a dollar okay, for. Okay, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, it didn't, I needed to make sure that they were ready for them. So we actually just put them in the mail this week. Um, but when they said yes to everything, I, I sat on my floor and I was just like, okay. What do you do now
0: right and, um, and how long ago was this? So we're in February 2019 right now when
1: This was... was six weeks ago.
0: Wow so this is like almost real time
1: yeah okay I had um, I was in San Jose on December 11th and I think it was the week after that it was wow. right before Christmas because I had to have the order ready right before Christmas um and I had a 225 people coming to Binghamton in a snowstorm for a festival in between all of this so we had it, it has been nonstop. And and all this equipment came when I came back in a UPS truck and a half um it came the day I landed from the all-star game and my husband said the garage there's not a square inch in this garage and then not a square inch in my basement and so I had some great interns who did all the sorting and now it's going to be now I'm delivering some and we're shipping some
0: mm-hmm. so the equipment shows up um these women are coming these women are coming which they arrive in the United States you've got the backing of all the people at Monumentals mm-hmm. Zach Leontis and Ted Leontis and mm-hmm. everyone else that make an event happen in Washington mm-hmm. in early February mm-hmm. um what was that? Why don't you tell take us through that when when the kids met these women? What was that like?
1: Well, I, I, I'm gonna flip back just a little bit sure. and, because the first thing I didn't know is you know culturally what to to expect, right. and, and and you know
0: which is what. So did they do they have hajibs on do they have burqas on what, what is it what is it like they have they, they
1: somewhere it depends on it depends on their personal right. um personal uh taste and everything else i think you know for the most part they do um i decided to reach out to a friend of mine who is disabled who is from dubai wow and i said i need help i need a lesson the first off i live in sweats and so what's geez, the protocol I, you have to figure out what the, and, protocol is. I right. the first question is well, what do you wear to the embassy like, yeah. what, what does a girl wear to the embassy? What do I need to do? And what I found out is that the UA is very, very progressive, mm. and that I didn't have to worry, and it would be okay, and that this was part of the image that they want. They want to dispel the rumors about what they are. There is mm. not. I mean, we think about Middle Eastern countries. We think about all this other stuff, and this is not stereotypical. This is a very progressive, welcoming, and inclusive country, and that is why the Special Olympics is there. That's why they wanted to get involved with us, and this is, I mean, They have been absolutely open with us at all, but I needed to know that because I don't know what I don't Mm -hmm. know. And everyone starts off with that kind of prejudice. I don't want to say it's prejudice, but it is. You're like, well, what do I do? So what I learned was, Jen, just do it. And I found that when I got into the conversations with them, just the more honest I was, the better it was. I mean, I didn't have to hold back and Mm -hmm. they wanted to be open and progressive and inclusive and they had an agenda and they were very clear and that agenda fit perfectly within our mission. It was a great match And so The first time I actually met any of the girls Was actually in San Jose At the All-Star Game In a hallway by accident Um, I ran into Fatman Ali Fatma Ali, which is the first, the, the girl who's quite, she's the mm. one who was
0: friends with Bondra and, and came back. She time. was the one. So the funny, my, my backstory on this whole thing is a friend of mine named Lee Stacy works for Monumental mm-hmm. Sports. And they went over to do this kind of goodwill mission because Eddie Airways mm-hmm. was a sponsor. And Lee called me from the Emirates and said, you're not going to believe what just happened is we were out there with Peter Bondra skating on the ice. And this girl was there skating. And she came over and said something like, I love hockey. And they couldn't believe that this was actually happening, and to the point where they befriended her, they found out more, they taught her a little bit more, and she actually came to the States Mm -hmm. in 2017, Mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. And it became a really, an amazing story of how this really kind of, they thought it was all arranged, but it was really kind of a chance meeting that she happened to be there when Peter Bondra was on the ice, and they met each other from like a distance, and he learned the story and couldn't believe that this is
1: actually what happened. So. You just described perfectly what it was like to be standing and, and, you know, at the convention center looking over and by the way, that's when I first met Lee. Yeah. So, and he has been hugely instrumental. Yes, Lee, he so says we, he has we, a lifelong life friend. We need to give him some creds here. because It's funny, I sent him
0: an email the other day and he said he's out of the office and then he put something on Facebook that he was in New York. So I sent him a text, I'm like, you're in New York and you didn't tell me where you he were." <laughs> but anyway.
1: He, um, so he's standing there and I look over and I see her and I'm sitting there with my daughter and I said, oh my goodness, there they are. So I stood up and I went over and I introduced myself and... I was I was a little jittery. I was a little shaky. I was, it was like meeting a superstar, as far as I was mm-hmm. concerned, and and she was great. And um, then they had to go, and then my daughter and I went, and then of course, then you know, all kinds of things, great things happened for women at the All Star, and it was a huge yep. day, it was a huge day, totally that day. And then the, um, we came home, and I got ready, and so when I first met the girls, I kind of had an idea it was going to be okay, you know. Mm-hmm. And what I really needed to do was just get out of everyone's way. Mm-hmm. So the comments that went back and forth between the girls on the ice when they first met each other, they they were all a little nervous about meeting each other. 30 seconds, it melted away. They were great. And um, I had a chance to talk to her um, the night before last in in Washington at the hotel. It was 11 o'clock at night. We were in the hallway. She was signing a jersey for my friend Sam, whose family's from there, and very excited about that. And I said, well... We all ask these questions, you know, what does it mean to you? And I said, what did you tell your mother? Because that's that's the honest question is what did you tell your mother? And she goes, the young lady said to me, thanks for including me. And she said, well, that's exactly what I was been saying about my team to all the hockey community is thank you for including us. Thank you for not counting us out. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we have in common is that we're a special hockey. We get counted out. They're the a different kind of special hockey. Yeah, you know, you know, we don't. They're they're competitive. They they play. They 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 have the heart for it. They have you know they're, they're it. They're they're a great ambassador for sportsmanship and community and how how sports can connect everybody regardless of borders and boundaries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have that in common. And so, special hockey. You know. We're not competitive. We just love the game and want to play, and we want to provide as many opportunities to grow the sport and to allow people to participate at whatever level they can. And having a partner like this and and a friend like this cheering us on and supporting it, no other agenda other than to be friends. Is there anything better than that? I haven't figured it out, but I think it's pretty great.
0: I just want to clarify for everyone who's listening. So these are how many girls from the Emirates?
1: There are 17 there is 22 but we'll they play hockey but play hockey
0: in I mean for all intents, in the desert in, in, yeah. in on ice mm-hmm. competitively enough but mm-hmm. have, have, have grasped a love of hockey mm-hmm. in a place that you would never in a million years literally or figuratively think that hockey would have actually blossomed in a place with girls given some of the um, the stereotypes that we put on people
1: You're right I mean mm-hmm. and they do. And they do it, they are such good ambassadors all the way through. They just, they're constantly talking about. And
0: they're good athletes. I mean, it's. Oh, they are, they
1: are, they are. And they're dedicated, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and they're dedicated to what they do. They're committed to what they're doing. And they understand that this is a role that they have. And they're very, very excited to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, that has carried over. I mean, that was so evident in what we did with them. So the kids meet
0: the girls yeah. in Washington, D.C. One has already happened. As we're taping this, there was going to be an event in New York and then one in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the experience of when these... Did the, did the kids grasp it at all as to who these girls were? Did any of the kids... And did the girls understand who the kids were?
1: The girls... So the UA team certainly knew. I, had to mm-hmm. pro- I talked to them a little bit about the diagnoses and what they could expect if someone you know had an outburst. What they <laughs> All the little things that you have to talk about with individuals with disabilities. And I just said, just... There's, I'll hear the coaches, and this is what they are, if you have any trouble, look at us. If we're looking at it like it's not a problem, trust us, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And we we knew exactly what we were prepared. So it was a very smooth run event. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing about special needs individuals um, on the ice is that they don't really care if it's Alex Ovechkin or if it's the UA team. Mm-hmm. They really care if it's Slapshot or SJ Sharkey. They're all about them. The only time it gets super excited is the mascots out. Everyone wants to yeah. go to the mascot. Or they run away from the mascot, but the mascot gets the biggest reaction. Other than that, they are just excited that someone wants to play with them. That's just another human being on the ice who wants to be their friend. And any individual in my world deserves the dignity. I mean, the real dignity of just being who they are and Mm -hmm. being accepted for who they are. And that's what I had said um, on that night. As I said, I had tears in my eyes. I said, but you gave my girls, you know, in this case, this was an all girls team. My special girls were eight, Um, there were 26 girls there. Representing 10 different teams. I had eight coaches out there that represented some of the other teams. And we had kind of brought them all in for a special girls clinic. And because the girls never had an opportunity to have a special hockey, special girls clinic. And we just thought, what a great opportunity to bring that together. And it was, it was magical. And of course, Haley came out from the, the, the women's team and she had been, she was totally natural. So it, it, was, it was about as perfect as any event could go. Um, And it was very happy for Lee, actually. It was really kind of, I wanted Lee to be very happy with how it went, Mm -hmm. and he was excited. Um, We even designed very special jerseys just for that event. Now everybody wants one. And I'm like, guys, no, they're the girls. Mm -hmm. So um, this event that um, we have in Central Park is different because the Central Park team is four years old. Not on different from when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to rent their equipment. They're at Alaska Rink. They uh, represent every continent except for Antarctica, and I've lost count of the languages. They so that,
0: that's what people would see. This is going to be air after it comes out on Friday. But if if someone happened to wander onto Alaska Rink on a Friday, they'd see these girls from the Emirates with this team that is kind of a rainbow representing the New Correct. York area.
1: So and so what we wanted to do is we didn't want to replicate the girls' event in mm-hmm. three times. We really wanted to take a look at you know the different diverse. And we have diversity in hockey. And that's a big piece of what everyone's saying, but is that, you know, hockey is for everyone, hockey is for all, with all the mm-hmm. comments. But the truth is, is that anyone can play. And, but diversity is, is what makes hockey so special. You know, anybody is out there. And, and once you're on the ice, we're all the same. So that, that the Central Park team, when I first met with them last uh, fall, I asked, what do you need? And they're like, we need equipment when this call came through, I'm like, I got equipment. And so it was exciting. All I really wanted was Kelly green socks and new pants. And I, but they have nothing right. that they didn't have to rent. So now we're giving 25 full sets of equipment to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, it's just super exciting for all of us to, to be able to give to it. But I think the, the UAE team and I are just excited to see their faces. Um, but it's also that Jenna, you know, you give a gift and you know, you really mean it from the heart. Mm mm-hmm. That's what it's going it, to, they mean it from the heart. It's not just here, pay attention to me. It's here, this is from my heart. And, and I know that they'll be getting some things back as well. And it's an exchange of trust and it's an exchange of, of community and it's an exchange of friendship that, that will, we hope that will last. But it is a melting pot and that is what New York City's like. Yep. And it's not the fancy rink these aren't the fancy kids, this isn't the rich kids, this is a bunch of little kids and they're mostly little, there's some bigger ones, but the first time that I ever went there, I consistently, they have a couple junior coaches that were teaching kids how to get up so the kids would go down and they spent the entire session teaching people how to get up, Hmm. think about that in real life terms, if you had somebody always beside you, every time you thought you were falling down that you knew was there, not to judge you but to help you, you know, pick yourself up, but do it in a supportive way, (laughs) so that's all I kept seeing so this was such a great so I was so excited when they coming to New York I said you know I have a team there and then that's how that ended up happening. and then they spoke about going to Boston I said well you know I have a team there too and we a couple of teams all over and so this is kind of how it all spread
0: great so in the couple of minutes we have left Jen what's next where does this go how do you take this tremendous momentum that really gathered over the course of six weeks and project that to, to better
1: tell your story going forward I'm learning Mm-hmm. You know, like anything, you have to, you know, the unexpected gives you the best lessons. You know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good, but the unexpected will teach you something. Mm-hmm. And what I realized throughout this is that I didn't know anybody knew mm-hmm. or cared or, or understood or even wanted to understand more about the impact that, that the intellectual and developmentally disabled and perfectly able, as you asked me, people can have in their communities, whether it be jobs or, it be, or just, just being a part of it all. And being a part of the, the interconnected community team and that having the UAE really recognize through Special Olympics and, 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 and that is different than us. They don't have ice hockey, but they wanted to include us. Mm-hmm. They're including Special Olympics and they want, there's no ice hockey. Well, let's include them, too. That is able to kind of give us a voice. I know mm-hmm. that it's certainly given us a voice that we didn't know any. we got to project it a little bit more. But it's honest. Mm-hmm. And um, having the ability to do that, i, I got a lot to learn. But I know that the voices that I have start with Vincent. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot to say and they have a lot to show and they have a lot to inspire. So the momentum, we're just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's where we stand.
0: Cool. Um, and I'm sure Vincent is very appreciative of it, by the way. So... Um, we have a lot of students, people looking for jobs, uh, young people, old people, who listen to the podcast. You've had an entrepreneurial business. You represented MMA players at one mm-hmm. point, MMA fighters at one point. You talked about your husband's business. You're executive director of a, of a governing body. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been very kind of, you know, entrepreneurial certainly in ways to kind of rub two sticks together to make a fire. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice do you have for people who are looking to? change their careers, get involved in something, take a chance? What what do you tell people?
1: I'm going to give you two pieces of advice. I said this to my intern this morning. First off, you can't lead a ship from the bow. You have to have an even keel and a strong rudder. I'm from the state of Maine, so I'm going to say okay, I was going to
0: say. <laughs> so, in the middle of New York State, I don't know how that would work. Uh, but you, i went going up and down the Erie Canal, but that's a different story. But,
1: so. but you, have to, you have to think about the fact that you have to kind of stand back and see what's ahead of you in order to, to go there, and you have to stay calm. And don't ever be a – don't second-guess yourself. Go. <laughs> if you screw up, great. Then you don't have to do that again. I mean, but we, I'm not in the business I'm not a cardiac surgeon I'm not fixing hearts here I just warm them right. so keep yourself in perspective and, and never be afraid to try I will screw up far more than I'll ever succeed but every every screw up is a brick in that mm-hmm. foundation of something I can learn and every success I have eh, it's a little mortar between the bricks I'm just building
0: great um, the last question which is probably the most important is how do people find out more about the organization whether it's social media tags that you can give them or a website uh, if people want to get more involved.
1: American Special Hockey is us on Facebook. Spelled out. American Special Hockey. Hockey. Mm -hmm. Specialhockey.org is our website. And if you're looking at it and you don't like it, neither do I. We're overhauling it. That's that's my summertime project. And um, just give us a call. Our numbers are all over the place. We'll hook you up with a local team. Ask us questions. Don't be afraid to call. We love answers.
0: Great. Jen O'Brien, the Executive Director of the American Special Hockey Association, thanks for joining us on The Cusp Show. Thanks for having me. This has been quite an inspirational uh, 45 minutes or so talking about special needs players and a really unique partnership with the Emirates. Um, Jen gave out the tags, and once again, this is Joe Favorito. I'm the co-host of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast, with my co-host Tom Richardson. We'll see you down the line.